1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello there, everyone. We're locked in for episode 198 of Locked on Thunder, presented by the Norman Transcript. I'm your host, Fred Katz. Locked on Thunder is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Head on to iTunes, search Locked on Thunder, subscribe to the podcast there, leave a review once you're on that page, and find us on audioboom.com. You can log on to normantranscript.com. Check out my blog, Thunder Road. It's under the sports tab on the site, and you can see all my Thunder coverage there. I'm going to have a player evaluation series starting on Monday. On uh, Monday morning, it's going to go up going will be doing the Wings next week, five days a week, Monday through Friday. So five Wings next week, Monday through Friday. The following week is going to be, I think, the Bigs. And then we're going to be finishing off with the guards. So that'll take us through three weeks of content right there. So I do have a guest for today. We are doing another Josh Hustis podcast. I just recorded with Josh. We're going to get to my conversation with him in just a second. Before, though, I just want to let you guys know about the schedule real quickly. I'd mentioned on a couple of podcasts earlier this week that my schedule will probably be changing soon. It is the details are next week, I'm going to be going to two times a week. Obviously, I've been doing Monday through Friday throughout the season and five days a week is the model of the podcast. But during the offseason, it's obviously different because there's just not that content to be covering. So I'm going to be doing Tuesdays and Thursdays every week starting next week. So my next podcast after this one will be Tuesday's podcast. As we approach free agency, as we approach the draft, as we approach, you know, the award ceremony with Russ's MVP and all that kind of stuff, I'll go back to more times a week. I don't know if I'm going to go back to five a week or if I'm going to go to three a week or four a week or whatever it's going to be, but I'll be on more than two a week, you know, in the end of June and going into free agency and summer league and all that kind of stuff. So I will be podcasting every day at that point. But for now, at least I'm, I'm, I'm scaling it back a little bit because can't be, can't be using all the content that I got now. Can't be doing all the draft preview stuff that I got now, a month and a half before the draft even happens. So that's going to be the schedule for now. And everybody knows it now. You can check on my Twitter for updates on that kind of stuff too, at Fred Katz. One guy who I'm sure will be checking my Twitter is Josh Eustis. So I spoke to about the Thunder and the season they had and the season he had and his favorite players to watch and if he's watching the postseason and, you know, off season regimens and off season purpose and all that kind of stuff. And Josh is always good for the conversation. So let's just head right back into that uh, and hope you guys enjoy. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so for a second time, it's the, it's the second time we've got, this I'm not in person though, just over Skype, we've got Josh Eustis on the line.
1: You would have thought you learned your lesson.
0: You would have thought you learned your lesson.
1: After the verbal beatdown I gave you last time, you would have thought that you would never want to put yourself through something like this.
0: Well, you know, the, the, the Cavs and Warriors had to play a second time. It looks like they're going to have to play a third time. Sometimes you just you need the rematches. You're a, you're a masochist. <laughs> hey, hey, I've got LeBron on my side this time. I've got the – I'm all coming back. You watch the playoffs at all? Do you watch the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, I definitely do. There's, like, certain – you know, matchups, obviously, that I want to see and I I keep track of. I mean, I'm obviously more bummed that we're not still playing, but, you know, it can be tough to watch. But, again, it's basketball and it's fun to watch, so... Who
0: who do you like to watch?
1: Oh, man, like, well, so... This is always tough because, you know, these guys, like, are now not only just peers, but they're, you know, competition. So I I like to watch guys that I, I... you know, can see myself going against head-to-head. And so, like, somebody i really like to watch is Kawhi, um, just because the stuff Kawhi does is, like, I mean, I just have the utmost respect for, like, his game and the way he plays. And obviously, he's super talented. So I, I watch him probably more often than anybody else.
0: It's a good answer. I love Kawhi, man.
1: How can, can you not?
0: He's incredible.
1: How can you not, man? He just he gets it done. I have a lot of respect for that guy.
0: Yeah, he's... I, so Kawhi, Kawhi is your peer? Is that what we're going with? Well, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? In the,
1: in the NBA, you know what I mean? Like, that's a guy, like, these guys are, it's different if you talk to a guy in college, it's like, oh, I look up to so-and-so and so-and-so, like, but now it's, like, guys that I, I can see on any given night, I gotta, you know, I can't look at them as, you know, inspiration or role models anymore, They're competition, They're their colleagues, you know? I got you. What yeah.
0: is that? Is that transition weird? That's got to be somewhat weird, right? Like for me, that's kind of like that. Did I ever tell you the story of when I met Jackie McMullen?
1: No, you never did.
0: <laughs> that's a, so I like I like kind of just the I only really ever get starstruck if I meet like writers or people like that who I just like loved growing up. Yeah, and I met Jackie McMullen at the All Star game about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. uh, and a mutual friend introduced us. And I love Jackie McMullen. Like I think she is just like like she's a Hall of Famer. She is the one of the great. She's a list feature writer. Just one of the greatest feature writers ever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever read her stuff, but she is she's incredible. She's an unbelievable writer and the like an all time storyteller. And I met, and I just totally had a bug out and forgot how to speak English. And Jackie McMullen <laughs> now thinks I'm a total freak.
1: <laughs> Along with everybody else.
0: Yeah, but she especially <laughs> does. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, it's it's kind of hard sometimes to eliminate that, um, like, you know, I'll meet other people and there'll be, like, people who I've read or I know who are, like, really high up in the industry. You know, I see Woj and I say hi to him, you know? Right. Uh, but, like, there's some people who I, like, grew up reading who it's just, like, really hard, really hard to eliminate that feeling. Like, is there anyone in the league? Like, is it hard to do that with LeBron?
1: So... Like, the best example I can think of, obviously, like, I don't have a lot of in-game experience. But last year, I played against the Spurs. I got in against the Spurs. And uh, I remember being at the free throw line and standing there, and Tim Duncan was next to me. I remember standing there, like, thinking to myself, I was like, holy crap, that's Tim Duncan. Like, star, starstruck. But then I was like, oh, wait a minute. And I like, snapped out of it. I was like, okay, hold on. I have to, I have to try to go at this guy. Like, I, you know... I'm playing against this guy. It's not just, I can't just sit here and look at him and be in awe of Tim Duncan. That's probably the best example, you know, that I, that I have. Uh, Cause I mean, Tim was like, it's mean, Tim, you know, played so long. I remember watching him when I was, you know, in like elementary school and just being in awe of this guy. The fact that I was able to line up next to him was crazy.
0: Did he give you any tips?
1: He did not give me any tips. He did not. Uh, <laughs> I've heard the story Whose story was it? Tim talking to uh, someone, uh, someone tried to shoot a jump hook over him. Tim blocked it. And then coming down the floor, Tim was like, all right, on that, he's like, on that move, you didn't hit me with your shoulder enough. Like, next time when you do it, hit me more with your shoulder and do this.
0: That and was, I think that was Steven Adams. Was it
1: Steven? And then the next time Steven did it and scored, yeah. in the middle of the game, Tim's like, yeah, exactly. Great job.
0: I don't remember if that was the story specifically, but Steven has told me at least two different stories of Tim Duncan. Um just just legitimately coaching him on the floor. Like telling him, No, no, you're doing you're doing that wrong. You should yeah. do it this way, you'll be better, and then him being like, What the what the like, heck is still, going on? <laughs>
1: it's so confusing. And like he really the only people that can do that are like legends. You know what I mean? Like
0: He's to, the only one who can do that. Like, not even just legends. Like Tim Duncan is is the only one who can do that. Because
1: the way you look at it is like he must look at everybody else as just kind of like he you know, he knows no one else was his competition in that area, so he could feel free to give away tips and coach, but he knew nobody could ever touch him.
0: He must have been the best teammate.
1: Yeah. I mean it must have been great. Like, you know, I would I'd, I'd love to pick the brain of somebody that's on the spurs and learn more, but maybe one day learn Duncan. a little bit more about Timmy D behind the scenes.
0: You know who loves Tim Duncan more than anyone? Who's that? Matt Tumbleson. Really? Because he used to work for the Spurs.
1: Oh, that's right. I thought he just lived and breathed Chicago sports.
0: <laughs> oh, he does. But he, uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt Tumbleson, for gosh, you have to be a real diehard Thunder fan to know who Matt oh, Tumbleson is. Yeah. Matt Tumbleson is the director of media relations for mm-hmm. Thunder. And uh, he used to work for the Spurs. And uh, he, man, you hear Matt Tumbleson talk about Tim Duncan, he won't stop talking about Tim Duncan. All right,
1: I need to bring this up, but yeah, I, I need to I need to ask him about it because I'd love to hear Matt's take on uh, on Tim Duncan. I'd love to hear anybody's take on Tim Duncan because I think he's kind of a an enigma.
0: So so how are you how are you doing after the season? Like, is it is it weird for weird for a player to because like you are a basketball fan and I know you're a basketball fan. and I know you like watching basketball and we talked about watching the playoffs a little bit. But is it is it weird after you get eliminated to be thinking like, damn, we we could conceivably still be here what is what is that mentality like
1: yeah it's weird i mean like i I tell people like last year you know we made it to the western conference finals we weren't done playing until until like what was it like mid-june or whatever it was early june um and now to be done you know a month month and a half earlier than we were last year it's crazy like it, it's it's weird, man. I wake up, I've been waking up the past, the past few mornings and I have no idea what to do with myself. Like, I feel like I need to be somewhere and have, should be doing something, but I just kind of sit around the house right now and, uh, yeah, it's weird to think that we're supposed, like, we could still be going to practice, going to games and still playing and could be that way for the next couple months, but here we are, you know, starting to get ready for next season already.
0: What do you What do you do after the season? Do you, like, some, some guys get, like, a little depressed those first couple of weeks. They feel, like, purposeless. I know some writers get the same way because, yeah. like, we're we're always working, too. You guys are always working. There's no days off in the season, you know? And, like, all of a sudden it just kind of ends and there's nothing.
1: Yes. Yeah, so what do ab- you like? It's abrupt. Uh, I mean, the first few days are, you know, it, it's pretty nice you, in a way. Like, you get to sleep in. You get, you know, a lot of free time, do what you want. Um But after a few, after a few days, like you're so ingrained in this like schedule and your body is so used to working every single day and being on the court and being around basketball that once it ends, you kind of find yourself kind of, I don't want to say lost, but just, you know, a little out of it. Not really sure what to do with yourself. Um, It's, it's, it's weird. And like, it's kind of like a, it's like a microcosm of retirement and that's kind of freaky because I can't imagine not having anything to do for years. Like, I think I'd go crazy.
0: Do you ever think about what you want to do after basketball? Is that, like, a thing that, like, you're you're 25 years old, but, like, yeah. is, is that, like, a thing that, like, like, you retire super young from this profession? Like, is that a thing that you ever think about? For sure. Like,
1: I think it's uh, the way I've always been is that I always try to think ahead, which I think is kind of a gift and a curse. You know what I mean? You don't want to think too far ahead, but, like, at the same time, it's good to plan, and I, I've juggled a few ideas. I mean – the longest time I wanted to be a pediatrician, so that's something I juggled, thought about maybe one day going back to school and working towards something like that. Uh, You'd
0: be like that really creepy old med student.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: I feel like I feel like that would totally be like a terrible network sitcom that would get canceled after eight episodes. Like former. Former yep. NBA player goes back to med school and has a quirky experience.
1: I think it would be like a cult following though, like kinda like on like freaks and geeks level. Just like only one season, nobody really remembers it but the people who do loved it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be that like Heather Graham sitcom, which got cancelled after after three episodes and <laughs> And I'm the only one who remembers it, just so I can make references of it because it's probably the least successful sitcom ever.
1: I've probably got a really skewed version of what it's like to be in the medical field because I, I love I love the TV show Scrubs, so I probably have a really love Scrubs. I probably have a really skewed version or in my head of what it is to be a doctor, but you know I, I can't shake it, and you know I could I feel like that'd be it'd be cool, and I want to help people, and to be a part of that would be awesome. But again, it's a lot more school.
0: Well, you have access to, like, some of the best doctors, trainers in the entire state. For sure. Is that, like, a thing that you talk about with them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I talk to them about it because uh, I've always been interested in in the, in the human body and um, medicine and helping people. So, I mean, we, we talk about it. I have, like, a very basic knowledge of, you know, anatomy and things like that, but enough to at least hold a conversation. I think it's so cool when I can pick the brains of some of these experts in the field, you know what I mean? You could
0: be like, uh, you could be like Moonlight Graham. Like who? You've never seen Field of Dreams?
1: Oh yeah, okay, yes, I've seen Field of Dreams, but Field like Field
0: of Dreams, Moonlight Graham was the the baseball player who uh, then became the doctor who came back I... to get his at bat, and uh, <laughs> but then he his destiny was to become the doctor.
1: That's right. I haven't seen Field of Dreams in a long, long time.
0: Field of Dreams always makes me cry.
1: <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of things that make you cry.
0: There are a lot of... Like, having a podcast with you makes me cry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When I meet you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having a Having to do a lot of things make me cry. Feel the Dreams always makes me... That's, like, the number one makes... What's your number one makes you cry movie?
1: Oh, man. You want to know a weird one? Yeah. Weird, a movie that you wouldn't think is one that would do it to me, but I think everyone I've talked to that's seen it feels the same way. Uh, do you remember the movie Click with Adam Sandler? <laughs>
0: Yes, that is totally one. Dude, that movie is okay. so weird, though.
1: It's so weird, but at the end, I was like on the verge of tears because it was like the saddest movie I've ever seen in my life.
0: Right. The thing is, like, the first half of that movie is like Billy Madison level silly. Exactly. Then, it's just nonsense. And then the second half of the movie is like punch drunk love level weird and depressing.
1: It flips. Instantly, it's just like, oh, this is hilarious. Nothing can go wrong, and then all of a sudden, just everything goes wrong. It becomes the most depressing movie ever.
0: It's, but here's the thing: it's not like it's not good depressing. Like, there's good depressing. You know, like the ultimate example of good depressing is like Twelve Years a Slave, right? Like that's 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 the most depressing movie I've ever seen, and is also like absolutely brilliant. Like that's one of the greatest movies ever made.
1: It's like it the history to it, things like, like Schindler's List or something. Like right.
0: That. Click Click is just emotionally manipulative.
1: It, exactly. It's just sad for the sake of being sad. Yeah. It just wants to hurt you.
0: Yes. And I, I love Sandler.
1: Oh, absolutely. Early. Sandler
0: to the point that like I've seen Jack and Jill. That's how much I love Adam Sandler. Oh,
1: okay. See, that's what I'm saying. Like the early, the early Sandler stuff, of course, is classic, I think. I've kind of gotten a... Grown Ups was probably the last, like, Sandler project that I actually found really funny.
0: I saw Grown Ups 2 by myself in Las Vegas. What'd you think? How do you feel about that? I thought it was absolutely horrific, and I don't regret going.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, but, like, Grown Ups 1 was hilarious.
0: Ah. I I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it did great.
1: Bad sense of humor, though, so...
0: So what do you what are you gonna do in the off season? What what's like what's like your thing? You're you're looking for a sense of purpose. You can't go to med school in the off season. What are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> right, uh, man. I mean, like you know, I'm getting married, so that takes so, up uh, that'll take up a good portion of my summer there, uh, training. But like, you know, I think finding something outside of basketball is huge and to occupy your time and help you not go crazy. I like taking photos. Like you know, uh, I like my writing. On the blog and everything like that. Um,
0: Is that why Russ wore the photographer's vest? It was secretly <laughs> it was secretly for you the whole time?
1: For sure. Yeah, it's shouting me out. So that's, uh, I like taking photos. And then I actually, I just bought a drone. The, I just got a drone today, actually, that uh, takes videos and photos. So I'm going to start flying that around and taking photos and being that creepy guy in the neighborhood with the drone.
0: Yeah, you're like the guy. Imagine, like, the home improvement scenes with, like, the creepy next-door neighbor if drones existed back then. <laughs> you could have so many great plot lines.
1: Completely unrelated question here. Uh, no need to read too much into it, but how low do you think I can fly the drone before it's considered trespassing in someone's yard? <laughs> like, if it falls below the fence line, is that now is that when it's not okay anymore?
0: There, there are definitely – the, I have no idea what the laws on that would be, and I'm sure they vary state to state. But I feel feel like pretty certain that they're antiquated because the laws always trail the technology by five.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I don't think anybody, you know, 20 years ago was imagining that you could just go to the Best Buy and buy a miniature remote control airplane that has a camera attached to it and could just fly. This thing will fly four and a half miles away from me. It's that far? Yes. Can you
0: believe that? That's crazy. Yeah. What happens if you get to 4.6? It just falls?
1: No, so once it crosses once it reaches the edge of its range, so it has a GPS built into it and it'll remember where it took off from and it'll fly back to where it took off from.
0: That's kind of scary. Yeah,
1: you know, it's terrifying.
0: <laughs> I, I don't want but that.
1: this thing has.
0: I don't want that at all.
1: Do you want to know the creepiest part about it?
0: Yeah, I kind of do.
1: It's, it's meant for sports, but it's it's pretty Pretty freaky. There's a feature on it, a tracking feature. So if I were flying over you, for instance, walking on the sidewalk, I could tap on you on the screen and it'll follow you.
0: That is I feel like you're gonna do that to make me.
1: Why wouldn't I? I wanna see what you do with your life. I wanna find dig up dirt to get Fred Katz fired.
0: You want you want dirt? Here's dirt. Yeah, let's your dirt. Here's here's what I did. We were talking about like your purpose in the off season. This is how much of a purpose I had in the I have in the off season. Mm-hmm. I got last weekend off. It was my okay. first weekend off since September. Okay. So I spent the whole weekend just seeing if I could go the entire time without putting on pants.
1: <laughs> How'd it go?
0: It went great, but I did go for on a grocery grocery store run.
1: Ah, see, yeah, yeah,
0: so that I could get like an exorbitant amount of food to eat whilst not wearing pants,
1: so you should have done that at the very beginning of your uh no pants expedition,
0: I know, but I was so excited not to wear pants that I just immediately took off my pants,
1: yeah, see, no rookie move
0: i was I was fine with it, it was mm-hmm. you know sunday night Sunday night run. I was I was good with it. Got Friday off too, so I was I was pretty pantsless. Yeah,
1: you know it was good that they gave you the you know the, the weekend off. I know it, how exhausting it can can get. You know, sitting at a chair and typing, your your knuckles must get really tired.
0: Carpal tunnel is a real problem. <laughs> like people, our our union's been covering, has been covering has been you know trying to fight the newspapers on covering up carpal tunnel mm-hmm. carpal tunnel stuff for years. You sound like they sound. It sounds like the NFL. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's, that's R-C-T-E. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's R. That's what CTE stands for. Carpal Tunnel. Carpal Tunnel something. I don't know. E. So <laughs> carpal, tunnel yeah, carpal Tunnel E? Carpal Tunnel E. Carpal Tunnel E. There are five forms of Carpal Tunnel. There's Carpal Tunnel A, B, C, D, and Carpal Tunnel E.
1: So would E be the most severe?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. That's why the writers have it. That's why they're covering up the CTE.
1: So you would probably have A.
0: <laughs> I type. I don't know. It's not based on the quality of words. It's it's just based on the number.
1: I'm right. like
0: a. Uh, I, I'm like a. Just just think about. It. I mean, y- you can't you can't knock me for my volume tweeting and then say that I'm not typing enough. That's true. But how do I know you're not
1: using voice text?
0: Uh, that's fair. I, I I think I'm. I think I. I'm trying to think of like who my NBA equivalent is on on Twitter, and I feel like I kind of tweet like the way Jr. Smith plays.
1: Just erratic.
0: Yeah, I just throw them up. Some of them are great. Yeah, some, some of them aren't going to hit. But mm-hmm. like you got to just—you're a volume shooter for sure. Never lose my confidence. Just got to keep throwing them up.
1: Volume shooter. I like it. Shoot your shot.
0: Yeah, and if I if I win a ring, that's all people are going to remember anyway. They're gonna, I'm going to be that guy, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true.
0: It's funny how some guys who play the exact same way are looked at as totally differently. Like, like J.R. Smith and Jamal Crawford are looked as totally different. Like, like, reputationally, they're looked at totally differently. They're very different personalities. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's funny how, like, guys like that earn totally different reputations, you know?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, you think Jamal Crawford. What's the first thing you think of when you think of Jamal Crawford? Sixth man of the year. Okay. I was thinking handle.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, handle for sure. His handle is absurd.
1: Absurd.
0: He's got the. Small I don't head. know if he has the best handle in the league, but he's got the flashiest handle. I mean, the he might have the best. Flashiest. but He's got the flashiest in the league for sure. Definitely the flashiest.
1: Who has the best handle then in the league? Mm, I feel like there's an obvious Kyrie. Yeah, I think that's the obvious answer.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he, he's unbelievable. He he. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a joke about one of your teammates right now, oh, but boy. he. Yeah. He he's kind of the anti Samaje. Where Samaje dribbles so high, Kyrie <laughs> Kyrie never comes over like his knee. I don't know how he does it. It's, it's crazy. He's got the. I mean, Steph has an unbelievable handle.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Chris Paul has an unbelievable Paul, handle. Chris Paul's amazing. Uh, Steph has a great one. You know, James Harden's is really underrated. I yeah. think.
1: Lillard is Lillard has a good handle too.
0: Yes, for sure. Lillard's got a great one.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but yeah, Kyrie's I, I love watching Kyrie. I, yeah. He's also the best at layups in the NBA.
1: It, it, the the angles he can use are insane, crazy. Yeah, that's a skill. I mean, that, uh, to me, like that's something that
0: is so hard to teach. Like some people just get it. Some people just have it down. I feel like to the degree that he does it, though, it's not teachable.
1: No, that's what, what I'm saying. It's, it's like he he he's just a natural. He has a natural ability to find angles and spots, sweet spots on the glass.
0: Well, he's amazing at like basketball geometry. Like his, his, he, he, he's you know he knocks down those bankers and like he, he's amazing at knowing how to use the glass, knowing how to get to spots. Like he's that's his best trait, honestly.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's 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 crazy. Absolutely, he's unbelievable.
0: That handles. So who who do you think's gonna win it all? What's your pick? Are you are you do you feel comfortable giving a pick?
1: Well, I mean, I, sh- I feel like I should be able to just because of the, like, I'm, we're not in it right now. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, if we were still in it, I would say us, but now, man. Um, geez. Obviously, it's hard to bet against LeBron because the dude just gets it done in the playoffs. Uh,
0: you see his game last night? Yeah. Just crazy.
1: Crazy. It's, I mean, you know, he, his numbers speak for himself. He does it every year. Like you can't. How many straight finals has he been to? Uh, you, six. Six, six. Six straight six. finals. So obviously tough to bet against him, but at the same time, like, uh, and I know it's not the popular thing to say around here, but like a Kevin, a, Kev, a healthy Kevin Durant on the Warriors is scary.
0: Yes, that might not be popular but it is remarkably accurate. know
1: you can hate you can just you can be <laughs> upset about it but like at the end of the day it's a true it's a true statement
0: yeah I mean they Utah played well in game one yeah
1: like,
0: Utah played legitimately well and Utah's a very good team
1: they're a very good team very well coached but you just it golden states a runaway freight train
0: yeah I mean Utah played a really good game they executed exactly what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just didn't matter. And then they just got run out of the building.
1: It's tough to beat that team four times, man.
0: It's tough to beat that team one time.
1: Plus, well, like, you know, you may get, you might get teams that can come in and might catch them on an off night or anything like that, but that team's not going to have four off nights.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, maybe, maybe, maybe Durant or Curry has an off series. And mm-hmm. then you still got the other one, and you still got Clay Thompson, and you still got Draymond Green, who's just great.
1: They're just so deep. It's it's tough to uh, make adjustments for that. You, you really can't.
0: Yeah, and, and you look at some of their role players who have had good years. Like I think Sean Livingston is tremendously underrated, and Igudala has become tremendously underrated. Like he's mm-hmm. he should be a perennial six man candidate with the way he plays. It's just mm-hmm. he's got the best biceps in the NBA.
1: Okay, that was
0: I don't know why you had to throw that. <laughs> That's weird. He's, I, I he's got great biceps. Don't tell me you've never noticed Andre Iguodala. I have
1: never in my life looked at Andre Iguodala and gone, like, you know what, that guy's got nice nice biceps. A
0: tremendous biceps. He they look like they look like somebody stacked super balls on top of each other.
1: What's wrong with you, Fred? <laughs> those are
0: those are his <laughs> biceps. <laughs>
1: Do I you want me to get uh you want me to get Andre's number for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You should <laughs> tell
1: him tell him how great his biceps are.
0: Yeah, uh, tell him we can if I, if I could do a one on one with Andre Vidala about his about his, his 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 like arm conditioning and bicep conditioning. Um, I would I would write that story. Wow. Okay. Uh, I 100 write that story. Why not? People want to know how you get those biceps. They're great. By bi- there's nothing wrong with saying that a dude's got great biceps. He's got great biceps.
1: But it was just like, no, I didn't ask you what you thought of his biceps. You just felt the free, you just felt the need to inform me how you felt about his biceps. Hey,
0: this is why I'm J.R. Smith, man. I throw him up. (laughs) Sometimes I win, sometimes I lose, but I'm just going to keep throwing him up and I'm going to be confident in everything about it.
1: You should get his workout routine and come back next year just shredded.
0: Throw everybody off. (laughs) Watch. Watch. If I. Shredded for me would be like only having one donut a day the only thing the only <laughs> thing shredded about me is the uh is the mozzarella cheese that I put on my toaster pizza <laughs> That's my only shredded thing uh, so what what what's your what's your assessment of this year give me give me the your assessment of how the team did following like last summer I want to hear it from a player um
1: obviously <laughs> last summer was a really emotional time uh, around the organization, you know, with everything that went on. Um, And I think going into the year, the way I looked at it, we could have gone one of two two ways. You know what I mean? I think we could have looked at it as this season is lost. Like we lost, obviously a huge part of our team. Like this isn't going to be our year. We're going to have to rebuild. And, Try to, you know, not compete this year, but work towards competing in the future. See what happens. Or we could have done what we did this year. And honestly, it like we hit the ground running. I mean, I think if you asked anybody what their expectations would have been for us prior to this year, they would have been saying we would be lucky if we made the playoffs. You know what I mean? But uh, I think we, we exceeded everybody's expectations. Um you know, when you have a group of guys who just wants to win, and then obviously being behind a guy that you know has a historic season, um, it, it's really cool to be able to go out there and and put together something like that, just with a bunch of guys that just flat out want to win. Man, it was a lot of fun. It was it was great.
0: How are you how are you feeling about your season? Yeah. Obviously, you got to you got to the one game. What's is is there a goal for next year? Is there something that you're trying to do? Do you do you get reflective about that? Do you get upset about that? What's what's your reaction to how this year went on a, on a personal level? not yeah,
1: I mean obviously you know everybody has expectations for they how for how they want their season to go. You know what I mean? Everybody has an image in their head of what they want to happen, and I don't think there's there's nobody out there who would have who would have gone who would have said that this past season was something that they, you know, imagined happening, but like, it was the situation I was in and, uh, there were times, you know, I really struggled with it a lot. Um, but I got to the point where it was, where it was just, I got, I didn't want to be upset anymore. You know, it's just, it, it takes a lot of energy out of me being upset about that and frustrated by something that's completely out of my control. Um, so Getting chances to play with the blue was was huge for me, just because it gave me a chance to go to play. Um, you can drive yourself crazy just going through drills every single day and never getting a chance to play. So that that was really big for me. And then you know, expectations for next year, I don't I don't have any. Like all all I think about is this offseason working and becoming as good as I can get. In that time
0: period, you know what I
1: mean, because that's the only thing that's in my control.
0: So, what are you what are you working on? What do you work on? What's your off season like? What's your off season work regimen like? Um,
1: weights. You know, trying to keep my body in shape and strong to uh, to be able to withstand such a long season and play against some of the guys I'm going to you know have to play against because the position I play is is one where one night I could be guarding you know a, a two guard and it wouldn't be as physical, but then next night be on a four man or switching onto a five and I've got to be ready to, you know, hold my own against those guys. So that as well as a lot, getting a lot of shots up, man, um, making sure that when the ball does come to me and I'm open, I've got a good shot, a good look that I'm ready to knock it down and I'm confident in it. Uh, and then continuing to find ways to get to the basket. Um, you know, using my athleticism that I've got to to make plays at the rim. And honestly, like, I don't like to limit myself to a couple of things. I want to get overall as good as I can be. Um, so I work try to work on a little bit of everything.
0: When you're – guys always talk about getting shots up. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I got a 500 socks, shots today. Yeah. But if you're getting up 500 shots and you're doing it the wrong way. For you're sure. Only, you're only reinforcing bad fundamentals, right? Absolutely. So so during the off season, when you don't have, you know, the, you know, maybe you're, you're home in Montana or, you know, wherever it is that you're working out, you're not in Oklahoma city, maybe, you know, the coach isn't around that day, whatever it is, like, what is, what is that individual workout like for you? So you don't accidentally, and I know your shot's gotten, you're what, 37% this year from three?
1: 38, Fred, come on.
0: (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to make sure when I do my player evaluation series Uh that starts next week. Uh, I think you're going on Friday. Yeah, I'm going to make sure to write 37 percent now. Oh God, <laughs> that's just, just just to undersell, and I and I'll just I'll for sure it on it being a typo later.
1: Right, as long as you correct it. Uh, like like you said, man. Like if you do it, I'm a big believer that if you could work, you know, you could get 500 shots up. If you're doing it the wrong way, you're not getting any better. You know what I mean? So.
0: So how do, you, how do you self-monitor that? Because, like, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard, like, to, to know, like, oh, shoot, my elbow's out and I don't even realize it, you know?
1: For sure. Um, obviously, it helps to work with someone, like whoever your rebounder is. Make sure that it is it's someone who knows your shots and, um, you know, and can help correct you if they do notice something. But then, to me, the biggest thing is the shots that you do take need to be game shots. Anybody can sit, uh, sit in a spot and get up a 100 set three-pointers, nobody guarding them. It's easy, you know, like, but that's not realistic. So you need to, I try to incorporate as much movement in my shot as I can, you know, like running into my shot, sliding into my shot, um, having someone there to contest it a little bit. Uh, that's the biggest thing to me is if you can try to replicate game reps in your workouts, then you're more ready for game shots. If you just sit and shoot set shots, the same shot over and over and over and over again. Sure, you're getting reps up, but you're not you're not conditioning your body to be ready to shoot it in the game. Wow. Look yeah. at you.
0: So helpful. Yeah, awful.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I've got, you know, I've got a routine that I go through like every day. Do you do the
0: same same routine every time or you switch it up?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I for as far as threes go, I've got a pretty consistent routine that covers like all the game shots that I could get. And it's like for this season, for instance, like before practice, I would do it. And then after practice, I would do it again. And it was, uh, making a hundred threes in each. So uh, by the end of the day, I would have made 200 threes by the time practice is over. And I left for the day. Um, and then you could make it more difficult. Like, so from each spot, I had to make five set shots and then five movement shots into that spot. And there were 10 different spots, obviously, but like, if you want to make it more difficult, in order to get off that spot, I would make myself have to make four out of five.
0: I I, I do the same type of thing with Twitter. <laughs> it's, how, it's how I work out my thumbs to avoid to avoid the CTE, you know.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Just Just get me best me best. Have yeah. So so tell me why, because I assume you believe so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me why you think Russell Westbrook is the MVP.
1: Uh, besides the averaging a triple-double for the season? Let's
0: say I'm someone who believes that uh, triple-doubles are based on arbitrary round numbers. Okay. So that argument can't resonate, uh, can't resonate with me. hmm Tell me why.
1: Man, I think if you really break it down as far as most valuable player to their team – That you know, you have to think Russ. Like if you, Russ is the guy that if you were to take him off our team, we would be completely different. He he has the biggest impact on his team. He more so than anybody else in the league has on their team. Um, So I think just purely by definition of the words most valuable player, you've got to think Russ just because of what he means to us and to the organization. Into um, our success, uh, and then like the impact he's had on winning. Like you would know about, be- you would know the exact numbers, but like what he shot percentage-wise in game tying or winning shots. I don't know what it was this year. I thought you tweeted about it at some
0: point. I did. <laughs> yeah, you know how many points per thirty-six minutes he averaged. So clutch time is uh, five-point game with five or three yep. minutes to go. You know, yeah. how many, you know how many points per thirty six minutes? How many? He averaged during clutch time. I want you to guess, and then I'll tell you the exact number.
1: It's uh, man uh, per thirty six.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I'm going to say like twenty five.
0: Oh my god, dude! What <laughs> sixty?
1: That's unbelievable! Like that's <laughs> unbelievable.
0: <laughs> it is. It is unbelievable. That's incredible. And, and, so- his, and his his like it- true shooting percentage during clutch time was actually higher than his regular season true shooting. Like he was more efficient during clutch time than he was during the rest of the game. Well, that's what I'm saying.
1: It's, it's insane. Like you can't argue against that. You can't argue against this guy's um, ability to make clutch shots and to win. You just flat out win games.
0: Yeah. Isn't 60. Isn't that crazy?
1: That's like, that's, that's off the charts, man. Like you can't, you can't argue against
0: that. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the highest number since they started tracking that in 1996. It's it? It's the highest ever. Highest ever? Yeah, highest ever. Wow. Most ever.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, I think just those numbers speak for themselves then.
0: Yeah, the clutch time stuff to me is his best MVP argument. Absolutely. Um, And I think if you think it's Harden, that's totally – I mean, Harden is so incredible. I think it's insanely close Uh, either way because Harden was just unbelievable this year. For sure. Uh, sure. And Kawhi was unbelievable too. Mm
1: -hmm. I think this is one of the tighter races that's ever happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, it like like was incredible this year.
1: Any of four guys could win it and you would go, okay, yeah, that, you know, I understand why they won.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, but yeah, that, I, I'm with you. I think the Russ Clutch time stuff is, is his best, his best argument. You won't, you won't be in New York for like the MVP ceremony or anything, right? Like, do you guys uh, go to that too?
1: Uh, I mean, I think they, they give us the option too. Um, I don't know. If, I don't think I'll be. I don't think I'll be going. Just, but I haven't really heard exactly when it's going to be yet. But
0: what do you think of what do you think of that as an idea? Like the for those for for listeners who don't know, the NBA awards are now going to be announced in like an Oscars style uh, kind of award ceremony in which they announce MVP and and all that stuff. (laughs) And like guys are there to accept it. What what do you think of that as an idea? I, I hate it. I,
1: it's just a lot of fanfare to me. I don't know. Like I feel like I don't know. It's something that I'm assuming is going to be on TV. Am I right?
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's on TV.
1: Yeah. So I think that kind of. I mean, I don't want to speak ill of the NBA, but like I understand it from a business perspective. But if you can make money by putting something like that on television, why wouldn't you? I guess.
0: Here's here's why I hate it everyone's going to know who won by that. Like writers announce who they're voting for. Yeah. There's a Reddit document yep. that is just tracking all the, everyone's ballot and votes. Yeah, And we basically know that Russ won.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like we, we basically know now it, it, unless like everyone who's concealing their vote just voted for Harden. Yeah. Like I think we basically know Russ won or so- unless some, for some reason, People are unprecedentedly lying in their articles about who they voted for MVP. <laughs> Those are the only two ways that Russ didn't win.
1: So I think it was probably better. The idea seemed better on paper than it is in actuality.
0: Right. Seemed better on paper than it did on Reddit.
1: Exactly. Well, that's, I don't think that's something that they accounted for. Like, I don't think they were like, oh, yeah, somebody's going to create this Reddit. Uh,
0: they should have.
1: All to count everybody's votes.
0: If that didn't happen, then some reporter would have just broken it. Yeah, that's true. Like, like, it's the easiest thing ever for a reporter to break because our sources are just each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it's. True. I just it's don't think, yeah. I hey, don't think all the way through. Just text, hey, hey, Tim, who'd you vote for? Hey, Bob, who'd you vote for? Hey, Joe, who'd you vote for? Great, thanks. You know?
1: That's true.
0: It's not private.
1: Wait, no, it's not at all. And it was never meant. Yeah, it's, yeah.
0: And guys, guys feel like they have to, like, now now that voters are uh, like who you vote for is revealed now. Mm-hmm. It didn't used to be like that. it used to be private. So
1: you can do whatever you want.
0: Yeah, so you know you could people had weird votes and, and I do think it's probably there, there's some, there's some bad stuff about having voting be public. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, I think it's the right thing to do. I think voters should be held accountable and it for does sure. eliminate some of the insane votes. That being said, I think it also creates a group mentality. Like, I don't think that it's a coincidence that our first unanimous MVP came a couple of years after they started making voting public. Right, because nobody wants to be the outlier. Exactly. Like, I think there's there was probably someone out there that if the voting, you know, who voted for whom wasn't public, like someone out there probably would have, like, voted for LeBron because they think he's the best player in the league and yeah. no one would ever know that he voted for LeBron. You know? Yeah. But but that's not going to happen because they're not going to want to deal with the social media backlash and people coming at them, And they're always – like Gary Washburn in 2013, I think it was, LeBron was one vote away from being unanimous. And I think it was the first year they opened it up. Gary Washburn for the Boston Globe was actually a, a really, really, really good NBA writer and reporter. He's really good. Uh, but he voted for Carmelo Anthony for MVP <laughs> that year. And it was unjustified, and I don't know how you can justify voting – and I I'm 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 a mellow apologist, but I don't know how in that year, even with, you know, them winning fifty-four games, I don't know how you can justify uh, over LeBron. that that yeah, voting for Mello over LeBron if only because there are two sides of the floor. And yeah. he got he's still to this day, people are like, Yeah, Gary Washburn, the guy who voted for Mello for M V P yeah. and like it's like usurped his legacy as a very good like <laughs> basketball writer and reporter who who has intelligent reason takes and is a very good writer and like that, but like that's the thing that people say about him, you know. No one wants <laughs> to no be that guy. Nobody. But because of that, everyone's like, "Hey, hey, I voted. I look, look at this. I voted for us. Day of the votes, ballot, you know, day the ballots yeah. came out." Yeah. Any, 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 any. Do you have any hot awards takes? Do you have anybody who you like think should be Defensive Player of the Year who isn't there, or think should be like on an All Defense team or on All NBA? Who isn't who isn't conventional? Who you see and you're like, man, that guy is so much better than people say. It's
1: like conventional. Um, well, I mean, I, like I don't know if this is conventional or not, but like I think obviously that Andre should be first team All Defense.
0: That's tough. I don't think he's going to make first team. <laughs>
1: But see, so so it is unconventional. But I think I think he should be like like you know. I mean, I've had a front row seat to so many like to every game this year, and being able to see what he does firsthand is so impressive. And the way he's defended the best players in the league, I think, is a great argument for why he should be. But again, like that's my my I guess unconventional take on that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's tough because, you know, I think if he were listed as a guard slash forward on the ballot, mm-hmm. I think he would be first team.
1: Yeah, I mean, but just straight guard.
0: He's No, he's just straight forward.
1: Just straight forward. Oh, okay.
0: So he would have to make it over over Kawhi and or Draymond.
1: That's tough. Yes, yeah, so see, that sets him up for, yeah, that's tough. So
0: he's, I, I, I feel pretty confident he's going to make second team. Okay, okay. Uh, but, but first team, I think if he were a guard, I think he would make first team, honestly. Mm. Okay. But just, I think the guards' first team, I don't know who the guards' first team are going to be. Probably Beverly and somebody. I would throw Danny Green there. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I think Danny Green's great. I think, yeah. I think he's the best transition defender I've ever seen. Really? I, I Do you watch him in transition defensively?
1: Can't so, say I have a lot of knowledge watch, of Danny Green in transition on these
0: things. Anybody can learn about transition fundamentals – picking guys up in transition and like actually contesting shots and blowing up two on ones, three on ones from watching Danny green in transition. He is unbelievable as a transit, like still unbelievable as a transition defender. And he was, he was cut <laughs> twice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> Did you know that he, the Spurs weren't even going to bring him back, but he called up Popovich and basically begged for them to re-sign him. Really? Uh-huh. And, and pops basically said, fine, we'll give you one more chance. Because he, he liked him personally, he liked his work ethic, and he figured, hey, if somebody wants it this bad, just, you know, and they were in the circumstance where they gave it to him, and then he, you know, became Danny yeah. Green.
1: Yeah, solidified his spot.
0: He's an impressive guy, I think. That is impressive. Plus, a, plus yeah. he's a New Yorker.
1: Okay, easy.
0: Plus, he's in New York. He's not from that, he's not from Montana.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we We're very select about, you know, who we allow to claim us.
0: Well, let's let's wrap up soon. What else? Uh, what else you got? You got anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to do? Anything else you want to preach?
1: Uh, I want to preach my continued and everlasting disdain for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I'm most passionate about. Uh, but other than that, I mean, no like I think with more free time here. I'm going to do you know continue to do some writing and things like that, and obviously from a selfish point of view. I think I've got a lot to, a lot to say and a lot to offer. So I think if anybody wants to, you know, check out what I have to say, just go to my blog, which is just, you know, my, my plug here, by the way, Fred, uh, So check that out. I even got some praise on my last blog from Fred himself, which you can't prove that, which of course is meaningless.
0: You can't prove that I have the text. I have the text and I do, I will publish them. Do you want me to read your duck text? My what? Your duck text?
1: My oh no, that's 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 inappropriate for this.
0: We'll leave that for the people. We'll, we'll leave that as a cliffhanger. We'll we'll have to do we'll have to do a third time, and I'll put out a. Uh, it won't be his last second. I'll put out a uh, Twitter call for questions. Do it. I'm That'd sure. be great. We'd love to. I'm sure we'll get some uh, some good questions from the fans, which Absolutely. I imagine you'll. Uh, will enjoy doing so excited to answer. Yes. And you can, uh, don't just make sure you don't follow Josh on Twitter and, uh, you'll be happy. You'll be happy. Uh, and, and, and like I said, at the top of the show, I'm moving on. I'm not doing every week. I'm not doing shows every weekday anymore. I'm, uh, I'm just doing Tuesday, Thursday, starting next week. Since there's obviously not that much thunder stuff to be talking about now, but I'm going to be doing kind of some, player evaluation stuff. My player evaluation series starts on Monday. So the wings are next week. Uh, Following that, I think it's going to be the bigs and then the guards following that. So it'll be five, five a week, one player a day, Monday through Friday. But you can head on to iTunes, subscribe to Lockdown Thunder there. Questions, comments, email LockdownThunder at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Fred Katz, F-R-E-D-K-A-T-Z. And you can check out my blog, Thunder Road on normantranscript.com. You can see all, all your Thunder needs there. I'm going to end this the same way, Josh, that you ended your, uh, your exit interview. And I'm going to say thanks to everyone except for Josh.
1: <laughs> Touche. Uh,
0: but I'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, Locked on Thunder is locking up.